The offense was still not what you would call on fire, but the Twins managed to grab an extra inning win over the Padres in walk-off fashion, 4-3. to three. How did the Twins pull this one off, and can they do it again tomorrow in the rubber game to steal the series before the Cubbies come to town? All this and more in today's edition of Locked on Twins. So sit back, buckle up, and get comfortable because Locked on Twins starts now. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, 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 what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to hang out in the comments. I'm going to do my best again. I say this every show to hang out there with you guys. It's a lot of fun. Did have two also one person reach out and let me know something that they would like changed about the show so we'll see if we can make that happen but again thank you so much for that gentle but meaningful critique again so so be active in the comments if you have any questions too feel free to ask those in the comments or shoot them to twitter at brandon underscore warren at locked on twins however you want the dms are open also to check out locked on twins breathless post game minutes As soon as we can after each game, we missed this game this evening, an exciting game that we'll get into here due to softball obligations. But in the meantime, we'll give you a nice, fun, full show here. Before we get started, we got to talk about eBay Motors, though. This show is sponsored today by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com, let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only is available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. So you can catch the Twins in the rubber game with the Padres on Thursday, 12, 10 p.m. just afternoon. It'll be the Dahl Bailey Ober against the jack-of-all-trades pitching-wise, you Darvish. It looks like Darvish is still throwing seven pitches with somewhat regularity, which means the more things change, the more things stay the same as he grows older. You can catch every pitch of this Twins hometown broadcast and everyone this season on the Sirius X, uh, with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins, and it shouldn't be too hard to find. Twins come away with a gutsy win over the Padres, even the series. Certainly... More of the same with some of the bullpen guys late being a little on the shaky side. Jorge Lopez giving up a run. Um, Griffin Jacks with a couple of walks. And Juwan Duran giving up a run. Not really his fault. You know, as extra runner, so we don't care as much about that. But Pablo Lopez, phenomenal. Six in the third innings, eight strikeouts. Biggest issue for him was the command. Did give up a homer to Juan Soto, but that's not exactly a severe punishable offense so beyond that though brock stewart comes in holds the lead after lopez departs in the seventh twins go four for ten with runners in scoring position which is a vastly improved number also to padres 0 for five with runners in scoring position and the main reason outside of the walks though is only four hits on the night 
So you had Soto's homer and then three singles. So pretty good job by Lopez and friends to, to shut down this, this Padres offense that to me ran five deep tonight. I could take or leave Matt Carpenter at this stage in his career. He goes over five with three strikeouts anyway. So this would only prove my point, but again, Pablo and friends hold them to three for 17 from the top five. And then, yeah, the big drop off after is where uh, Trent Grisham had the only other hit for the rest of the team. I mean, Rugnet Odor right now is anybody hitting beneath him in an order is, um, has to be a liability because he's just not put anything together so far this season. Max Kepler with the big home run to start things off. He has been, as I think we're all aware, phenomenal since returning from the injured list. He's hitting 264 with a 360 on base and a 542 slugging percentage. So a 902 OPS. The only player with appreciable at bats, we're not going to count Edouard Julien or Alex Kirilov just because it's only 11 and 14 plate appearances total. Um, only one player has a higher OPS over that straight stretch for the Twins, and it's Byron Buxton with a 918. So Kepler is second on the team in hits with 19. Polanco has 20. Second on the team in home runs since April 18th with five. Buxton has six. And... He's also walked nine times. He's doing a great job commanding the strike zone. Um, you know, all the more reason for him to be actually kind of hanging out near the top of this order. Um, and they did say, Rocco did say he was going to make some changes in the batting order. And, you know, in some respects he did. Byron Buxton leading off against a righty, I think is a different wrinkle. And then usually it's been Kepler when he's been healthy. But other than that, it was almost like just taking the top five and pulling them out of a hat. Kyle Farmer comes back, gets a base hit, which is good to see. What a what an absolutely um, amazing thing to see him back on the field after such a gruesome injury. And so, just uh, you, you just got to root for the guy because it's that that was one of the worst things I've seen on a baseball field as far as injuries. Um, Christian Vasquez has another tough game offensively. He's triple slashing 214, 290, 250. I know we've got a couple questions in the bullpen about him, so we'll get to those as well. A few other things about this game. Uh, Correa swinging it better, booming double off the left center field fence. Also, too, the Twins improved to six, actually four and two, sorry, four and two in extra inning games, but they've played six. Only one team has played more. That's Seattle, who's two and five. And then the Tigers, Twins, and Guardians have all played six and are all four and two in extras. So kind of a cool quirk there. Twins, as we said, 20 and 17. That's an 88 win pace, which the consensus seems to be that that should be enough to win the AL Central based on projected standings from whether it's fan graphs, baseball prospectus, any other place that does it. It just seems like it's um, it's going to be enough. So it's not a sexy pace playing three games over 500 over a long stretch like that, but it'll get the job done. Um, Nick Gordon getting a tough hit off a of lefty and Tim Hill, Tim Hill, real awkward delivery, real tough for lefties to pick up. And then Josh Hader getting him out second time around. Not, not really a fair um, couple of assignments for Gordon, especially too when uh, Bob Melvin takes out, 
Honeywell and brings in Hill at the beginning of an inning, just kind of a little gamesmanship there, but in, in all good managing and Gordon just comes through. So, so good for him. We, we talked about Vasquez just briefly too. The, the 10th inning plate appearance stands out to me just because there's just certain things. If you're going to hit the way he's hitting and you're going to have a lot of your value in defense, you just got to, you got to be able to get a bunt down. And it just seemed like here's the big thing with a sacrifice bunt is it's not a secret. You're okay with everybody in the building knowing you're going to sacrifice bunt. And so you bunt foul twice. You pull back on a 96 mile per hour sinker out of the zone. So you don't bunt that, but you are, you were going to bunt and then strike out swinging at a pitch. That's basically eye level. Uh, just, I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but just an inexcusable plate appearance to take by a veteran guy at that time. And, you know, you just, you got to see more. Uh, Again, I think he's doing a a phenomenal job with this pitching staff. But I also think too, that you might see the pendulum swing a little bit in favor of Jeffers back there. Let's talk about So Rare. So Rare is just an absolutely fantastic game that we recently started working with. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. And the ambassadors for this game are Juan Soto, who the Twins get to watch one more game in this series. And then Julio Rodriguez, off to a little bit of a slow start with the Mariners, but obviously two of the brightest young stars in baseball today. They are both featured in the branding campaign that So Rare has been doing and will be engaging in the community all along. So this is where it kind of gets fun. You have these cards, you have game weeks happen twice a week. And at the end of weeks, you are ranked. If you're ranked at the top of your leaderboard, you can win a variety of different rewards. There's jerseys, scarce cards, game tickets, merchandise, and all kinds of fun stuff. So the prize may vary depending on your competition, but there's some pretty cool stuff out there. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E. So just like it sounds, .com to draft your team full of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. So we're into the bullpen here. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everyday or make sure you check back later this week after the Padres series, we're going to have a crossover episode with the folks over at Locked On Padres. And we'll also get you prepared for the Cubbies to come to town. But before we get to that, the Twins play the Padres on Thursday at 12-10. It's an early noon game. Bailey Ober against you, Darvish. Twins have seen a fair amount of Darvish over the years, but... It's not maybe not as much as you'd think for a guy who's been in the big leagues as long as he has. Carlos Correa of the current Twins has faced him the most. We'll touch on that here in a little bit. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. You can go hang out with Corey and Danny if you just search Twins on your app. So we opened up the bullpen to the fans, and we like to do that like to see what's on people's minds, especially to coming off a 
I mean, a, a really, really, truly great win. Getting back in the right direction against a very, very good Padres team. You know, we'll see what the Cubs look like when they come in, but taking care of business against good teams. It, you know, someone asked me if if the Timberwolves and Twins had any parallels. And I'm not positive if I touched on this before, but yeah, I do feel like in some ways the Twins play up to teams and down to teams sometimes. And I think we've seen that, you know, they, they got up for the Yankees, which awesome. We haven't seen that in years. They've so far gotten up for the Padres. They were pretty good against the Astros. You know, they've, they've won some big series against some pretty good teams, but then you see them struggle with Cleveland who, I mean, I don't know how, how we're grading them right now as far as good, but you know, not putting away the white Sox. Marlins, you know, there's just some teams that have been a little lower on the the rungs that the Twins have not taken care of, but have done so against pretty good teams. So just an interesting thought, uh, maybe not quite Timberwolves level, you know, where they lose to the Pistons late in the season, but definitely, definitely some parallels there. Our friend, the artist formerly known as Prime Kepler says, Alex Kirilov makes me feel things deep in my soul. And I'm not taking credit for this, but I did call him Baby Vado when he was in the in the minor leagues. Now that is an unfair comparison to Levy on any player, but I absolutely love, love, love Alex Kirilov's approach at the plate. I almost feel like he's a hybrid of Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau. Like I, I don't want to get raked through the coils for saying, um, you know, that he's as good as those guys, but. It, You've kind of got the the more no demeanor, a little more pop than Maurer, but also too like a very specific discipline at the plate, which I think is is uncommon. And and they also mentioned it too in in the first game of the series when he took a 2-0, I think it was like a breaking ball down from Waka, and it was a veteran righty against a kid hitter, and the kid, um, you know, 2-0, you're expecting a fastball, and he takes what was a, a nasty pitch. Um, so yeah, to me, Kirilov dips into dips his paintbrush into Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau and kind of merges those two into a pretty dang good offensive player. So uh, good call by prime Kepler there. Our good friend Josiah says the offense came through after we held Popkins accountable. We've been having a lot of fun with that on Twitter. If you see us talking about accountability, if you see us talking about initiating winning, just know it's all in good fun. We're just having a uh, uh, jovial back and forth about the fact that some people think you have to hold teams accountable as if these aren't professionals, as if these guys aren't aware that they're swinging through everything that's at their necks. Th that concept to me is precious because you can be deluded as a fan, but you can also be deluded as a person who thinks that what they say or what they do matters even a little bit to these players as far as their execution, as far as what they're seeing at the plate or in the field or on the mound. It just cracks me up that the idea that you have to ask the tough questions and hold them accountable. Accountability comes from the fans not turning out, not turning on the TV. The accountability comes from the paying customer, not the person writing the game story. Now you can write the game story and say, this guy screwed up and you can be right about that. But ultimate full accountability from anyone comes from the fans. 
Don't buy the tickets. Don't buy the jerseys. Don't buy the cable package that allows you to watch a game halfway across the world, right? That's where the accountability comes from. But in the meantime, we are going to have a lot of fun with it as a meme. Our friend Jared says he loves to see Kyle Farmer back. He's had big hopes for Kepler this year and is so happy to be able to cheer for him again. Defense was much better, perhaps in large part to Farmer being back and just kind of changing the vibe and hoping they score more than four runs tomorrow. It's going to be a tough one. You Darvish on the bump, but you know, that's kind of where it comes to they've played up or down to guys is they lose to guys with five ERAs, but they have a decent game against some guys with a, a little lower ERA. So I, uh, I'm hopeful they score more than four tomorrow, but at the same time, fool me once, fool me twice, et cetera, et cetera. Our friend Gus says Max Kepler is the current MVP of the lineup. Hard to argue that. I mean, the numbers that I broke down since he's returned, he's more or less equal to Buxton, and he's playing defense. So, I mean, you could give him the nod over Buxton, and it wouldn't be egregious in any way, shape, or form. And he said the lineup, so we're not looking at pitching. So, yeah, I, I think Gus is right on point here. Max Kepler is the current MVP of this lineup. Uh, good friend Ed Edwards says, great win that was needed, but still a lot of work left to do on offense. Yeah, w- one thing I noticed was there was a Nick Gordon 2-0 swing, and that was against Hayter in the 10th. And it was a sinker away, followed by a foul ball, followed by strikeout swinging. And to me especially with Solano on second. So you got the winning run on second. It it just showed a lack of understanding of the situation. Because here's the deal. If you work a walk and you'd be up 3-0 if you take that pitch, then Buxton is behind you and they can't put him on like they did. So not only did Vasquez ahead of Gordon strike out swinging on a pitch at his neck, but then Gordon basically furthers that issue. He complicates the issue. He compounds the issue by going up there and swinging out of his shoes at a 2-0 sinker that's off the plate. That's a really difficult pitch for a left-handed hitter to hit. 94 miles per hour certainly doesn't hurt. And in all, he sees five pitches. Only one of them is in the strike zone. Just to me, Poor situational awareness. The idea that you want to win the game, I get. Especially two when this is your second plate appearance of the game. You know, we had Max Kepler's numbers up as far as how he's been since he's returned. Kepler has played 20 games and has 86 plate appearances. Nick Gordon has 34 plate appearances in that time frame. So you understand a guy wanting to press. You understand a guy wanting there to be, you know, some good vibes around him you know he's he's not viewed as a big factor in the infield he's more of an outfielder at this point and the outfield is you know there's not a lot of playing time to be had I think would be fair to say but just yeah not not good situational awareness because Buxton gets the bat taken out of his hands which cool it's another walk as he approaches a career high here early in the season but it just um Again, poor situational awareness. 
Let's see. Uh, final one we got is our friend Evan. I think it's Evan Hovey says Vasquez isn't here for his offense, but my goodness, he's been bad at the plate and also to a couple of errors last game. Still think he'll prove to be a good signing, but he's been hurting us a bit. Um, yeah, I won't necessarily dispute that because obviously the bat has been uh, seven different kinds of horrible and especially too amplified by the fact that he started off semi-hot. Um, not that Fangraph's war is the be-all, end-all at this point in the season, but they have Jeffers at 0.5 in 17 games, which is, is solid. And I'm trying to pull through to find out. Yeah, Christian Vasquez plus 0.1. Both of these coming into tonight. So Vasquez could have dropped a little bit. But, yeah, it's... The defense and the game calling, to the extent that we can understand it, to me, makes Vasquez worth it alone. However, yeah, it's not great seeing him come up in big spots. Although, to be fair, at least it's not three or four guys like that at the bottom of the order. It's just one or sometimes two, depending on how Michael A. Taylor's swinging it. But let's do this. Let's uh, let's take a second. We'll come back for the seventh inning stretch and wrap this up. We'll talk about Bailey Ober. We'll talk about you, Darvish, and we will set you up for the Cubby series coming up. Twins finish off the Padres series Thursday at 12:10. It's the big tall man Bailey Ober against you, Darvish. Catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM with Corey and Danny on the SXM app. Just search for Twins and you can find your hometown call. Twins running Bailey Ober out. In the start on Thursday, he'll take on accomplished veteran Yu Darvish. Some pretty impressive things going on with Bailey Ober right now. And it's easy to make the case that he should have been in the rotation to start the season. Now, with that said, I don't know what you do with Kenta in the meantime. It's not fair to have Kenta come work out of the bullpen after Tommy John if that's not what he's been training for. I mean, relievers still come back from Tommy John, right? So I don't know that it's entirely like, no, he can't He can't have been expected to fill that role. But I get the handling. Like, it makes sense. In the meantime, Ober is 2-0. I don't care about pitcher records that much, but it should be a pretty good indication that he's won as many games this year as he did last. Certainly pitching deeper into games helps. He's averaging six and... Six innings and change so far. One, no decision. Sub one ERA is given up two earned runs in 18 and a third. The big thing for me is no home runs allowed through 18.1 innings. And, you know, you look back last year, uh, only four homers allowed in 56 innings. That's 0.64 per nine. So since that first season when he was, you know, he was pretty good in 2021. Good strikeout numbers, but almost two homers per nine. He has really neutralized what was widely perceived to be kind of the biggest issue for him. Now, the durability to throw more innings is certainly has been in question and may continue to be. But guys that height who get a lot of fly balls usually give up homers. And so if that's the sort of thing he can neutralize, there's really no reason to believe he can't be a solid number four, number five starter. I think, and two, I think between. Between him and Louis Varlin, the Twins have been really, really blessed with a pair of guys 
who can really help this team right now, even though they weren't penciled into the opening day uh, rotation. Varland's last start to me was exceptionally, exceptionally impressive. Velo peaked, all that fun stuff. We talked about him last night, though. We won't belabor the point too much. And so with Ober, you know, we're kind of looking at some differences. Velo is pretty much where it was. Pitch mix, he's, he's mixing in a few more change-ups and swinging strikes. I mean, he's still in that 12% range. So, I mean, he's basically just doing what he's done. And if he keeps the ball in the ballpark as he has, and again, too, which is what we said about Varland as well, these guys are perfectly solid fourth and fifth starters. Obviously, they hope Chris Paddock will be back at some point. Who knows if Kent is in the mix, Tyler Malley coming back would be nice. But it sure is good for the Twins to have already ridden seven deep and be in, in not only good shape, but very good shape pitching-wise. So you Darvish, though, will oppose Ober. Darvish has a lot of really fun numbers. So as you might expect, the twin that's faced him the most is Carlos Correa with 18 plate appearances, obviously from the Astros Rangers days. And he has a career 925 OPS, but just a 235 average. So a couple of homers, seven uh, seven strikeouts, sorry. Um, but yeah, he's hit him fairly well. Obviously, he's more than likely going to be in the lineup anyhow. But yeah, not a lot of guys have seen a lot of him because... You know, the Twins don't play Texas as much as they used to play their division with it, with as much as they used to play their division. And then Darvish has been with the Cubs, which is a, another degree of separation. And then now the Padres, which is a whole nother degree of separation. So his most common batter's face are like the Mike Trout's Albert Pujols of the world and a lot of the AL West types. Um, so pitching wise, he has thrown seven different pitches at least 20 times this year, six, at least 50 times five, at least 60 times. Basically what you've got going on here is that Darvish is continuing to mix it up as he has his entire career. Now, one thing that I find curious and I wouldn't find it as curious if the numbers weren't so disparate, but he's throwing the new kind of like in vogue pitch, the sweeper. And it's allowing a 125 batting average, only three hits on it all season long. So great, right? Averaging 81.9 miles per hour. So he's not blowing people away with it, but buck 67 slugging. So teams are, are doing nothing against it. And then he's throwing a slider next most. And to me, the sweeper slider distinction still hasn't quite clicked. I assume there is a distinction that I will someday learn, obviously, if pitch effects and all these different outfits and outlets say it's different, it's different. And here's where it's different for Darvish. Darvish has thrown it nearly as much as the sweeper, but has allowed 12 hits, a 522 average, two of the three homers he's allowed this year, and a 957 slugging percentage. That's right, 957. Now, the difference here, though, is the slider average is 84.9. The spin rates are relatively similar, and the chase rate is actually higher on the slider. But the slider's hard hit rate is 42.1%. The sweeper is 22.2%. So for whatever reason, the distinction between sweeper and slider has been not only meaningful for you, Darvish, this season, but exceptionally so. Batters are hitting over 500 on his slider and 231 or worse on every other pitch he's thrown. 
So, uh, honestly, I'm not entirely sure how you prepare to face a pitcher who throws this many pitches. Again, good thing it's not my job. I'm not paid to do a job like that. But you can't sit on anything because he throws his fastball the third most often of all his pitches. And granted, it's given up a 231 average but a 538 slugging. But if the sweeper and slider are truly that different, or maybe it's just the same pitch at a different velo, so the, the break is a little sharper or whatever, um, my, my sense is that's what it is. It's just a firm slider and then a softer slider that sweeps a little more. Um, he's going to be tough. He really is. And he, to this point, has been just exceptional, not really giving up homers. He's almost at 40 innings with more than a strikeout per inning. And all of his numbers are right in line with norms. So you you basically are getting the U Darvish that has been has been there for a bit. Last year he was real good. He had that first year in San Diego that was a little wobbly. But in general, just an absolute star. Um, and the Twins are going to definitely have a challenge there. I'll be excited to see him, though, because it's always fun to see that caliber of pitcher in front of you. Upcoming series with the Cubbies before we roll. Probables. Sonny Gray on Friday against Drew Smiley. Joe Ryan against Hayden Wisniewski on Saturday. And then Louis Varland gets Marcus Stroman. That should be a fun one. Uh, wraps it up on Sunday before the Twins head out for a West Coast swing. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, make sure you check out the show. Moving on through the rest of the week, we'll have a locked on collaboration with the um, the Padres guy. So um, we'll, we'll talk locked on Padres, locked on twins, a little bit of uh, cross pollination. But again, thanks for hanging out. Make sure you follow at locked on twins, at locked on Minnesota. And at Brandon underscore Warren. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening or watching. Give us that thumbs up on YouTube. Hang out in the comments section, and we'll hang out and talk about questions to ask in the bullpen. Otherwise, it's Brandon Warren signing off saying thanks for hanging out.